Enchanté. You are listening to the What the Fab podcast, where empowered women empower women through candid conversations, inspiring stories, and tangible tips. I'm your host, Elise Armitage. I'm a digital creator, and I left my nine to five job at Google to chase my dreams of being an entrepreneur. I'm so happy to have you here. Let's get into some real talk. Today, I am so excited to welcome my very first guest on the What the Fab podcast, Christina Vidal, or Jet Set Christina, as she's known on the gram. Christina holds the coveted job title of luxury travel blogger and content creator. She left her corporate job in marketing behind to run her blog full-time in 2017, and now she also has her very own swimwear line, Watercolor Swim. In today's conversation, we get into the life-changing events that led her to take the leap into blogging full-time, the challenges she faced, how she overcame them, and so much more. With that, let's welcome Christina to the show. Hey, Christina. Hi, I'm so honored to be your first guest. I'm Yay. so excited about the What's Oh my gosh, podcast. thank you. I am kill so it. excited to have Please you on so today. Fun. So jazzed that you are the first guest. We have so much to dive into. Thank you so much for being on. Well, I have so a ton of questions yeah. to dive into with you. Um, we have a lot yeah. in common. We both started our blogs in 2012. We both used to work at Google. Tell us about yeah. taking your blog yeah. from uh, your side hustle to your full-time business and that whole decision. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I was a journalism major in college at the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill. I always loved to write. Um, it was just something I did as like a creative outlet. And so when it came to like my first corporate job at Google, I felt very like, I mean, unchallenged <laughs> by the corporate <laughs> world. Like I felt, I felt very bored every day. I was like, oh my gosh, I am just doing the same thing every day. <laughs> and I, that's just not me. Like I'm, I'm always wanting to like be on the go and I'm always like want to have like 20 projects on my plate and it was just not for me. Yeah. And so I started my blog as purely a creative outlet to write and because all my friends knew I loved to travel and they were always asking me for recommendations. And I was sending these huge emails, with like every recommendation for every place. And I was like, there has to be a better way to do this. Like, I wanna have a place that I can send my friends to that is like Christina's top San Francisco restaurants, boom. Like there they are and that kind of thing. And so it really just started like that. And I started writing about places that I had traveled to in the past and places I was going on weekends and on my paid time off. And that was, yeah, back in 2012, 2013. Like, so I remember, like, I just remember it being such a hobby. And I remember, like, having to make a conscious effort to, like, keep at it because it was just such a hobby. Like, I was like, no, I have to, like, keep writing. I have to, like, build this out because it's going to be so great to have it just as this big library of my travels mm -hmm. and that I can share with other people. Um, and then Instagram rolled around and I had this blog for a couple of years at that point. And I was like, oh, I should start an Instagram for my blog because I also love photography just naturally. Like I just love to write and I love taking photos. So it was very natural that I became a travel blogger. Um, but yeah, and so it was like 2015 maybe when I started my Instagram account, like aside from the blogs, so the blog had its like, you know, steady, small following of people and then Instagram uh -huh. took off and it was, and so that's kind of what led me over the years to then be able to quit my job. And I know you just recently quit your job, which is like, I feel like I quit mine a million years ago. You probably do too, even though it was I, like only <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's actually like been two years, years and I feel like, well, one was a pandemic year. So there was like one year yeah. of lots and yeah. lots of travel. And then there was a year of like, okay, now I'm a home decor blogger. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, but, um, but yeah, I qu ended up quitting in 2017. Um, it just kind of got to the point where I was, I remember being on my way to work one day at like, 8.30 in the morning and I get a call on my cell phone and it was the Singapore Tourism Board. And it was a Monday morning, mind you. And they were like, we wanna fly you on the SFO to Singapore. Like they were just launching that flight on Singapore Airlines. 
um, to launch this flight and promote Singapore travel. We want to fly you on Wednesday morning. It was oh, Monday. I was my like, you word. want to fly to Singapore in 48 hours? Like, are you insane? I have to like go into my job. Like, what, what am I going to tell my boss? But also I can't say no. I've never been to Singapore. <laughs> yeah. How do you say no to that? So, so I literally like walked into work. I like had to set up a meeting with my boss and like beg him to let me go to Singapore the next, like in the next 48 hours. And he, thank goodness, was like the most supportive boss ever. Like I, I seriously have him to thank for so much of my career as a travel blogger because he was so supportive and really loved my travel blog and really, um, you know, cultivated it and let me travel. And cause I got my work done, you know, at the end of the day, it's like, if you're getting your work done, who cares where you're working from, you know? Right. So I, so I did go to Singapore and he let me go. And, but it was just, I just remember that being kind of the moment where I was like, I, I can only do this for so much longer. I had maxed out my PTO. Yeah. I had none left. And here I am just like having to beg my boss and I just really kind of have to cut the cord. <laughs> like, let's, you know, dive into this world, this unknown world of being a full-time travel blogger. That's so amazing. Yeah. I love hearing your story. So many parts of it yeah. just like make me giggle. I like completely <laughs> like ran out of PTO too and was like, I actually yep. started trying to use my sick days on accident. <laughs> I was like, oh yeah. I was like, this is legitimate, <laughs> right? And my my boss was like, no, but like you've already booked your trip. So <laughs> quick break and a referral link that you are definitely going to want to use. This episode is brought to you by Airbnb. Now, I'm betting if you're listening to this podcast, you're familiar with Airbnb. You can book vacation rentals, homes, condos, and even experiences through Airbnb. I have a great referral link for you so you can get $65 off your next Airbnb booking. Just head to whatthefab.com Airbnb for that link. Now, this credit is for new customers only. So if you have a friend traveling with you in the group who's new to Airbnb, or maybe you're creating a new Airbnb account, that'll be the best way to go about getting that $65 credit. With the panty going on right now, Omid and I personally are really only doing road trips. I can't wait to travel abroad again, but for right now, we're looking at booking Airbnbs within California, like Joshua Tree, maybe Mendocino. Having a home away from home so I can travel safely and have my own space is key. So be sure to grab your Airbnb credit at whatthefab.com Airbnb. That's spelled air, B as in boy, and as in Nancy, B as in boy. Safe travels, and let's get back to the episode. At the time, um, oh my God, it was so bad. Like right at the end there where I like really should have quit, but I was really just <laughs> maxing out my PTO way more than I should have been. Um, my boyfriend at the time, my now fiance, he was already an entrepreneur, a digital nomad. Like he was living in Bali and he was spending a lot of time in Colombia, um, which is where like we'll get into it later, but where our business, our manufacturing businesses are. And so he was in Colombia and I, we were long distance at the time. So I wanted to fly down to Colombia to meet him and I didn't have any PTO left. So <laughs> I didn't tell my boss that I was flying to Colombia. I just was working from home. <laughs> and I was in Colombia and I was working. See, that's the thing. It's like, I was getting my work done. Like I was working because, you know, my boyfriend at the time, like, Kenny was working too. And he, um, he, but anyways, my boss emails me. I don't know. I don't know how he found out, but of course he knew I was in Colombia and he emails me like a response to something I emailed him. He's like, by the way, have fun in Colombia. I'm so just like not good at lying. And here, like, he just knew the whole time that I was working remote. I never said working from home. I said working remote. I, mean, I never really and that's not That's not a lie. <laughs> just like, where's the lie? That is There's hilarious. I love so that many story. moments like that. So yeah. many moments like that that you're like, okay. like, But you know, it makes you really appreciate the people that they just like, they, they know, like he knew that I was working on my blog a lot, but like he supported it. And like, yeah, as long as, you know, as long as I was doing my job, he was very supportive. So 100%. it makes you, it makes you appreciate the people that take chances on you and like really help you 
fulfill your dreams. Yeah, definitely. That is amazing. Okay. So uh, you, you made your decision, you're leaving your corporate yes. job behind. Were there any yes. surprises or challenges that popped up that yes. you faced when you left your nine to five? Yes. I mean, I had no business plan. Um, I, I, you know, everybody goes at it at such, at such different ways, you know, like I'm not the type of person that needs like a hundred page business plan. This is exactly how I'm going to make money. This is exactly how much money I'm going to make. This is how I'm going to retire. Like I am not that person. So I, but I wanted to make sure I could make money of course, <laughs> but like I, I knew I was making some money from the blog already. I knew that if I like put all of my time and effort into it versus what I was giving, you know, I was giving it such a half-assed effort while I had a full-time job. So I knew that if I like put my time and energy into it, I could build it into something much bigger, but I had no idea like exactly what that was going to look like. I remember I, I was like, I thought maybe I would, you know, have a part-time remote job in like Facebook ads, like, cause I, I love marketing and I love advertising and that kind of thing. Like I, I actually toyed with that for a little bit cause I knew someone else that was doing that remotely and like, like the kind of ways to make money while you blogged. And then, but then I, just the blog just took off as soon as I as soon as I was putting my full energy into it all of a sudden I was getting more paid opportunities I started driving way more readers to my site I was able to put on ads to my site so that I could make money off of just the more readers I had and um yeah it was just it just built on itself over time but yeah there were all kinds of challenges getting back to your question um yeah the biggest challenge is making that first leap because yeah, I didn't have a business plan. My decision did not make sense to most people. <laughs> my, you know, most people are like, you're crazy. You are going to quit your well-paid corporate job in marketing to go live in Bali. Like why, what is happening? This was in 2017. I know now everyone lives in Bali, but, um, but, but my fiance, Kenny lived there in 2015. Like he, and even before him, his grandmother, digital nomad, she moved there 20 years ago wow. to Bali. <laughs> and she has all these expat friends that have lived there for decades. Anyways, that's a side note. But um, so anyways, we, we had ties to Bali. And um, I knew that I knew through Kenny living there that I could live there and be, you know, an entrepreneur. And, and there were so many other creatives living there, other not just like other influencers and bloggers, but other just people running brands and like doing really cool things from abroad and doing it remotely. And so it's a really inspiring place to live because you're, you're constantly like impressed by everyone around you. You're like, whoa, you're so creative. Like everybody that lives there is doing things so differently, yep. right? So it really attracts a similar type of person. And um, so anyways, but uh, yeah, challenges. Let's see, I quit my job on Labor Day weekend. 2017. Um, I chose that date because I had set up this like perfectly planned jet set tour um, of all these hotels that I was working with and all of these tourism boards and stuff all in South Florida and the Keys. So I was going to like, I, I remember I was working with Ritz Carlton in Key Biscayne. I was working with all these amazing Key West places. I was going then to another Key. Like it was just like this whole, like at least three weeks of just pure jet set, like, cool. What a way to start my travel blogger yeah. career. I'm ready to go. I'm going to make money. I'm going to like do my thing. And the reason I was doing South Florida was that Kenny, my now fiance, he had, um, his business is called Kenny Flowers and it's a resort wear line. At the time it was just men's men's um, Hawaiian button downs. Now we're in men's and women's, but, um, but he had a trade show to go to in Florida in Orlando and he needed my help just like setting up the booth, selling shirts. Like it's, you know, a trade show is basically you have buyers from different stores, from resort shops to, you know, like little like, boutiques and beach towns and that kind of thing. And they come and they basically shop and they just see what they want to put in their store. And this one in particular is one of the biggest ones. You pay a lot of money to go. Um, it's a big investment for a small brand like Kenny Flowers. And it's it's a huge investment. And it was 
all basically all the money he had, he had put into this trade show. And then, you know, I'm there free labor working in, <laughs> and we're just like breaking our backs, like setting up this display. And it was just like, it was so hard, but um, the hardest part about it was there was, it was 2017 and it was hurricane season. So Hurricane Irma is like in the news right before the trade show, like, are you sure you wanna go to Florida? <laughs> like all of our friends, all of our family are like so concerned about us. They're like, why are you going to Florida? Everybody's going out of Florida right now because this huge hurricane is gonna hit. And you're crazy. You can't go to Florida. And we were at the, we were in um, we were in Charleston at the time, just doing another little like weekend trip. And um, and we were driving down from Charleston. We were like, well, we have no choice. Like we have to go. Like hopefully it misses us. Like hopefully Orlando's like fine. Orlando's inland, yeah. right? So you know, yeah, people are avoiding the coast, and like maybe this jet set partnerships in key in the keys and in Miami are going to be shot but we have to go to this trade show and um so we did and we like bit the bullet and we have this like rental minivan um that we're you know we go to the trade show and it was like halfway through the first day of the trade show it's like a four-day trade show and halfway through the first day which even on the first day there were no buyers there everybody had canceled Halfway through the first day, they cancel the trade show. So we had already like done all the setup. We had already like wasted all this money. And they're like, you need to get out of here, <laughs> basically. Like the hurricane's coming, like get out. And mind you, we have nowhere to go because we were supposed to go to South Florida and the Keys. <laughs> like, And also Kenny lives in Bali. I just quit my job to move with him to Bali. And we both have no home. Like, so where do we go? And so we're in Orlando with this rental minivan being told, like, you better get out of here. And um, there were like, there were no flights available. We couldn't get out on a flight. So we called the rental car company, like, we need to return this car, like, like, blah, blah. And they're like, you can't return it to anywhere in Florida. Like we're not accepting any rental car returns in Florida. So you're going to have to return it anywhere else in the United States. So we had to, so we didn't have to, we just, we had nowhere to go. So we drove the rental mini car, minivan um, across the country, to California. Oh my God. <laughs> and we returned it there. <laughs> and we returned the minivan there. And um, we ended up like, m like making the most of it. Uh, we ended up like going down the coast of California and talking to stores in person about Kenny Flowers, like, basically like telling them our story. Like, uh, yeah, we were in Florida for Surf Expo and we weren't able to talk to any buyers because of this. So can we talk to your buyer? <laughs> and, and we actually like got in a couple great little boutique shops and like it was, it ended up being fine on the Kenny Flowers side of things, on the Jet Set side of things. I'm like, okay, what do I do? I was like in tears. Like I just quit my job for this. Like I, like, I, you know, what am I doing? Like, I'm, this is crazy. And I definitely felt like I had like hit rock bottom, like, just like, you know, what am I doing? And, but it's, you know, like all the best stories start from rock bottom. Right? Yeah. I appreciate you sharing that story so much because I feel like it's so easy to obviously, you know, your, your blog and your Instagram is it's, they're both super successful now, but, and it's easy to share that side of the story. Um, but I think a lot of entrepreneurs kind of skip over the parts where, like you say, where you feel like you hit rock bottom or you're in tears, yeah, um, because totally that's not tears. necessarily like the fun part of the story to share. But to me, I think like they're totally. equally important because like, that's, that's the truth. That's reality. And like, if someone is interested in chasing after, you know, that entrepreneur life, you have to know that you're going to have both the highs and the lows. Totally, totally. And you have to think on your feet constantly. It was like, we could just give up or hey, like, we can cruise the coast of California and try to talk to people like, like, and like, just focus on the future. Like, you don't have to be so run down in the moment that you can't think to the future. Like, okay, this doesn't mean that I can't be pitching hotels in Bali for when we can get over there. Like, for jet set partnerships. This doesn't mean my career is over. <laughs> like, like I need to just like 
focus on the future. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I love that you guys turned lemons into lemonade. You're like, I mean, when you were talking about yeah. the trade show and how it was canceled, like my heart just sunk for Kenny <laughs> because I can just imagine like I know. the the monetary investment and also just like all the time and effort yeah. that goes into getting ready totally. for a trade show totally. like that. Like, uh but I totally. I love that you guys were like, okay, well, what can we do? We can drive up and down yeah, the coast of California and get into some super we, cute. We literally had like mannequins in our minivan. <laughs> like, we were like, we have all this inventory. Like, who can we show it to? Oh my god, I love it. Well, I I love that story of just resilience. Um, let's talk about. So you mentioned Kenny Flowers, but I also would love to hear about yes. Watercolor Swim because I'm always so impressed when yeah. influencers are able to leverage their brand and launch a product line and obviously swimwear is so on brand for you you're always in these amazing tropical destinations so how and when did you decide to launch it and what all went into that yeah so I just when I decided to quit my full-time job to pursue Jet Set Christina um I always saw myself not just as an influencer not just as a blogger like I always saw myself eventually creating a product it's just it is like who I am. Like I'm a brander. I'm a marketer. Like I love products and I love creating something and really owning that. So it was written in the stars before I ever knew what that product was going to be. But kind of like to your point, it was a no brainer for me because I grew up with literally hundreds of bikinis in my bikini drawer. I love swimwear. I was actually a competitive swimmer growing up. So I always was like trying to have the cutest Nike (laughs) one piece. Like it was like, like, aside from just like vacation swimwear, I loved like having the cutest workout swimwear too. (laughs) Like I just always loved swimwear. And um, when I became an influencer, I, I worked with a lot of swim brands And I was constantly kind of floored because as a consumer, you don't really, you, you, you know, you're spending so much money on a piece of swimwear and trust me, I spent all of my salary on swimwear. Like all my friends in San Francisco would be spending their money at like J crew on like the cutest new coat. And I was like, I had like a closet full of resort wear and nobody really understood it (laughs) until I quit my job to become a travel blogger. I'm like, Oh, that makes sense. Um, But all my friends were like, why do you have so many bikinis? Like, when do you wear these in San Francisco? (laughs) Like, well, I don't know. I just, I don't really want to spend my money on like winter clothes, like, or cold weather. Like that does, that's just doesn't interest me. Like I'd rather have like so many bikinis, but anyways. Um, but yeah, so I would get sent these bikinis from all these brands and brands that I really looked up to and had spent my own really hard earned money on. And the more I like was receiving so many bikinis, the bigger of a critic I became. It's kind of like, being a luxury travel blogger, like the more luxury hotels you go to, the bigger of a critic you become. But it's true. Like I was wearing these $250 bikinis and they'd fall apart after like a few wears and you're like, or they didn't fit that well, or they, you know, something was just off in the fit and things like that. And you're like, what? Like, or the fabric doesn't even feel good. And so I just became like super critical and was kind of like, I could do this better. Like I, like who knows swimwear better than me? Like it's definitely not a huge corporation that's like sending like one person to manufacture them like for a couple days a year. And they're just like checking in on things and then right, you know, mailing it in. Like it's me who's wearing, who's like not a corporation. I'm a consumer and I'm wearing swimsuits every day of the year. Like I just felt like who knows swimwear better than me? I can do this better. So I was really determined and it was, I I think I literally had the idea in, in like in 2017, like pretty much like right <laughs> away. And, and, but it was like two, it wasn't until two years later that we launched watercolors. It, I mean, it took a long time of building it out and designing the swimsuits, first of all. And second of all, deciding like, yeah, like what's this going to look like? And one of the smartest things I've ever done is definitely build watercolors under Kenny Flowers, my fiance's business, because he already had the manufacturing connections slash warehousing slash production. So I was able to start our women's swimmer line um, under Kenny Flowers using our same like swim factory in Columbia. We we have like matching prints that we do across men's and women's and he's designing for the men. I'm designing for the women. It's like, it's very hands-on. We are there we're there a few months every year, like hands-on with the factory. There, nothing 
nothing happens without my approval. Like I am, I'm literally like sitting in the factory, like splashing myself with water. I shower in the hotel room, like in swimsuits, like making sure that nothing's see-through, like choosing fabrics. Like it's, it's wild. Like, but we're so hands-on. But yeah. And I'm like, nobody else is doing this. Like, I don't, I don't think that the, you know, I won't, I won't name any names, but I don't think that like the, you know, swimsuit designer from X big brand is like sitting in her hotel room, like, like getting into the shower with her swimsuit. Literally. <laughs> I mean, I, I actually was going to ask you and you kind of already answered my question, but I was going to ask what all goes into the design process because you sent me one Mm -hmm. of your swimsuits last summer and I was so impressed with the quality you sent me. I don't know what the the name of the print is, but it's the white one with the tie dye. Malibu. Yeah. And and I normally do not go for white swimsuits because every time I have bought one or had a brand send me one, it's so see-through that I'm like, you can totally see my nipples or like my hoo-ha through this. Like, where am I wearing this see-through swimsuit to? Like, I can't wear this. I was like, okay, I think I had, I had seen you talk about on your stories about how you like splash yourself with water and you, you know, check it. So I was like, okay, this, this, I run around like making sure it doesn't like ride up too much. Like I like run around the factory. They think I'm crazy down there. They're like, oh yeah, it's Colombia. We speak Spanish the whole time. Like there she is, running around (laughs) our swimsuit again. But like it's necessary. Yeah. No, totally. It really is, and it's just amazing how many people like don't realize that from the consumer side, like how much goes into it. And I can, yeah, I can give a little more insight into like the process, but um. I'll like, I'll like start with like our first collection was just one style of one piece because I wanted to like keep it simple and make sure that like what there's a market for watercolors. Like, so I wanted to create like one, one piece design that like I felt like was the perfect one piece. I loved one pieces. Um, I think that they're just so classy and stylish no matter what you're doing. And I love bikinis too, don't get me wrong. But yeah, to start, I was like, let's just design the perfect one piece. And so that just, I focused on the fit first and was it was just trial and error. It was so many samples. It was like explaining to the factory what I had in mind. Here's what I like. Here's what I don't like. Here's where I want it to like hit on my body. Here's, you know, that kind of thing. And so then they're, they're just working on like, yeah, like a plain white one because you want to get that fit right. And then when you get the fit right, then it becomes like, okay, what are our designs? And that's really fun because I'm constantly like getting inspired by designs, like colors that I see out and about. Like all, I mean, I am like, I can't snap out of it. Like if I'm on the beach, I'm looking at everybody's swimsuits. I'm like, oh my God, that color looks so good. I love that color combination. Let me write this down. Like, let me, you know, like, like it's, it's impossible to snap out of, but yeah. So I'm constantly getting inspiration. I also tell my friends and my followers, like, send me like designs that you like, like, it, like, for example, like, it was a friend of mine that was like, she was like, I feel like you should make a tie dye swimsuit. And it was just a friend of mine. And I got this text from her on a random day. And I was like, yeah, I should make a tie dye swimsuit. And mind you, this is way before the tie dye trend, like that, ha- that hit this year. But it was like, yeah, we should. And so then it was just, t- then I talk, I have a designer that I work with that more does the actual, like, you know, very, like hands-on designing that I can't do. Um, but I'll like explain to her exactly what I have in mind. Then she put, brings it to life. And then she sends the final files once they're approved to the factory. They then try to like create them on fabric. But every time you go from like a, a computer file to fabric, the colors are so different. So that's where like I have to be there in person with like all the colors, like making sure that it's like the exact color that we want because it's not, it's so different. Every, and every fabric is different. So, you know, it's just, it's interesting. It's super interesting. It was something that I never realized like goes into designing. It's like the colors are, it's, it's the, it's kind of the biggest headache, but, um, but they matter. Like, especially in a tie dye, I was like, I want our tie dye to be like, I don't want it to be like yeah. bright and ugly. I want it to be like watercolorsy and like pastel and pretty. Um, so yeah, it matters a lot. And so then, yeah. So then you put the design on the suit, then you make sure like the placement of the design is right and all that. And then you decide like which styles you're making the design in. And then it becomes like, yeah, photo shooting and 
getting it on the website and then like creating a launch plan. And that's what we're like in the middle of right now is we have all the, we have all the designs for 2021 done. I'm so excited about them. I've like had so much trouble keeping them a secret, but um, they're launching, they're starting a launch in like a month. Ah. So we're in the middle of like that launch phase, which is so, so fun. exciting. Well, I can't wait to see them. Thank yeah. you for giving us that like behind the yeah. scenes peek at what the design yeah. process is like, because I think it's super interesting too. It's such a like unfamiliar yeah. world to me. I'm always, you know, obviously looking at like the finished product and styling and shooting, you know, clothes, swimsuits, whatever yeah. it is, but hearing what goes into it just kind of like makes you appreciate it even more, especially when you have like a really high quality piece. Yeah. Um, Tell us about that one time that Zara stole your swimsuit design. Yes. Yeah. So it was our first collection and um, it was like we launched in January, end of January, maybe beginning of February, um, launched my first collection ever. I was so, you know, it's like your baby. Like I said, it was like two years in the making. I was so excited and about, it was like exactly like, three months later, this is fast. Like it was fast. It was not like, Oh, a year later, like three months later, I got a text from a friend that was in Zara and they sent me a photo of a swimsuit and it was my swimsuit. Like it was, it was the only thing that they had changed. Like they had changed like just enough stuff stuff that you can't sue them, (laughs) (laughs) but they, they made it a one shoulder versus a two shoulder. They, it was, but it was, to a T, the suit, like it was like the two can, it was our two can suit and um, the two can placement and just like the, the whole idea, like it was just, and our suit is a coral, it was a coral, like it was just so ridiculous. And then the most like ridiculous part about it was you go on their website and you like, you find the suit and the, like the model is literally posed in the exact same way that I was when I was modeling the one oh, piece. Like it was on. so dumb. Like it was like she was wearing white sunglasses. I was wearing white sunglasses. Like it was so blatantly like almost like a fu and like a slap in a tiny tiny brand's face. <laughs> like it was such a slap in the face. It was a rude awakening to the retail world. Like it's ruthless out there. It's ruthless. Like you think you have a creative idea, like just wait until a month later. The Zara's of the world will just copy you. So frustrating. I'm so sorry that that happened to you. Yeah, I mean, it's it's it was a rude awakening. It's it's just part of being in retail, and um, but. I, I mean, I've never walked in a Zara since then. I did so much. Like, if you Google Zara steals designs, every single one of their designs comes from a small designer like me. That you know, they're totally taking. You know, they're just they're just copying people's ideas. I just I I can't support no. that with a conscience. That is so sad. But, um, uh, well, for listeners, yeah. I will definitely link to your blog post so they can see the photos. Yeah, um, you guys can find it in the show notes. It'll be at whatthefab.com/slash/jetset, yeah. and I will include. It'll have a transcription from our conversation today, and I'll include links cool. so you can check that out because it is. I've I've seen the photos, I've seen the receipts, and it is blatant, <laughs> like wild. you say. Yeah, it's it's just sad that that's what happens. But but as long as we keep running our business genuinely and doing the right thing and having high quality products, like I'm confident that our customer wants more than like a cheaply made suit. So it's it is what it is. But it does it's not going to hurt my business. That yeah. Much. Well, like I said, I was super impressed with the quality, and again, just like so excited that I could wear a partially white swimsuit that wasn't see through. Yeah. Yay! <laughs> yeah so me too I, that's like that's so important yeah. i hate when white suits are super. yeah it's so bad it's not the look i'm going for <laughs> <laughs> this year it's been quite a year um how have you and kenny had to pivot your businesses during covid yeah in every single way um i had such flashbacks to that hurricane story when we were at the beginning of the pandemic i was like we're basically in the eye of the hurricane right now <laughs> like this is it like we're we, we're basically driving our van across the country again like because we were we were on the east coast um when the world shut down and we usually base part of the year in bali part of the year in Colombia, where the swimsuits get made 
the rest of the year, we're traveling for Jet Set Christina. So as of right now, we don't have a home base like in the States. Like we call we call everywhere around the world our home base. Like we always like work remotely from wherever we are. We like make places around the world our home. We always try to like extend trips into longer so that we can really like get to know places more. But um, but as far as having a typical like apartment or home, we don't have that. So we're on the East Coast. We're supposed to have our wedding a month from, we're supposed to have our wedding April 18th. So the world kind of shut down mid-March. We we didn't have any travel plans before April because I, it was like the crunch time for the wedding, right? I, well, we were, I was supposed to have like all these bridal showers and, um, things like that. So we were we were going back to Colorado for a bridal shower there and then California for some bridal because sh- Kenny's from Colorado and I'm from California. And so that was like the plan. And then it was like, go to Hawaii where we were going to get married. And um, so when the world shut down and everybody's like, shelter in place, <laughs> like we didn't really know what, where we were supposed yeah. to go because <laughs> we're vagabonds. <laughs> and so um, we... Like, luckily, we both have family in San Diego area of California, which which is an area that we love so much. And there was a unit that Kenny's family owns that wasn't being used. So we just like, we thought we were quarantining there for a few weeks at most. And we ended up staying there for six months. Oh. <laughs> but, um, but it was great because it was a great place to be. We had, you know, we had a quote unquote home for a while. And it was, it was fine to be honest, but, um, but we did have to like completely pivot our businesses. Uh, my travel blog went to like 10% traffic of what it was. And that's how I make my money is readership on the blog. Most for the most part, like I'm not really big into like sponsored posts on Instagram. Like I, I much prefer to like, like, I much prefer to just like drive people to the blog, like get like with like whatever I want to write about. And then like, versus like force a sponsored post. Mm-hmm. So I, so it was like very, <laughs> I, I lost all my income very quickly. <laughs> and um, and then of course you have watercolors, which is swimwear made for vacationing and nobody's going on vacation. So <laughs> it was like, okay, what are we gonna do here? And then Kenny's business is very vacation wear, resort wear, um, a lot of like, bachelorette parties will wear like matching Kenny Flowers sarongs, like bachelor parties will wear matching Kenny Flowers shirts. Uh, People buy like lots of shirts for like group trips and all this stuff. So we not only like is the world falling apart, but then we start getting all these emails from customers. It's like, oh, sorry, my trip is canceled. Can I return 20 shirts? You're like, oh God, like, well, like, yes, you can. Cause like, I'm sorry, like that the world is ending, but um, but also this is really devastating to our business. And um, so we did give everyone their money back, like if they had a trip planned that they wanted to return stuff. But um, we just had to hunker down and be like, what do we do? How do we keep going? And like from the travel side, for me, I was like, I think I just need to like focus on, like I said earlier, like focus on the future people are going to travel again. I don't know when that's going to be, but I want to make sure that my blog is like the best place ever for when they are ready to search travel again. And, you know, there's when you're on the go all the time, I, I didn't, I don't have that much time, as much time as I want to write, you know, so I'm trying to write as much as I can, but it, it was awesome to have six months at home where I could be really building out the blog, all these blog posts that I like meant to write a year ago and I forgot and you know, all this stuff. So I really like focused on like building the blog out and then also just transitioning into lifestyle. Like, like you said, like your home improvement and stuff. Like I, I think if you've built a strong enough brand, like people don't care what you're doing. Like Jet Set Christina isn't just about travel. Like it's about elevating your lifestyle, whatever, wherever you are and whatever you're up to. Like, um, so for me, it was like, maybe I'm not going to talk to people about like what weekend getaways they're going to go on this weekend, but I'm going to talk to them about what I'm, what wine I'm drinking and my favorite cocktail recipes and also what wine glasses I'm drinking out of. And like, you know, what, what, what's interesting me, right? What is interesting to me right now? And I just figure that that will be interesting to my audience as well, because they follow me for a reason. And it was, and so that was really reassuring to see 
people were interested. They were like tagging me in recipes that they were making off my blog. They were tagging me in wines that they were drinking because I recommended them. Like, and it was just awesome. I was like, this is Jetta Christina does not have to be traveling for like it to be a, a, you know, a, a good brand. And so that was to me like, Oh, thank God. <laughs> thank God. I'm like, not just crying in a corner right now. Um, but, and then at Kenny flowers, we started making masks and we started making masks out of shirt fabric that was just like excess. Um, it's like kind of like fabric scraps and and that was awesome because it kept the factory in work, it employed and working and making money. And it was like, it got us in like Vogue and men's journal and all these like GQ, like all these like crazy place, like press placements about them, like all this stuff. So it was really, that was an amazing pivot on the Kenny Flowers side. Wow. Well, I mean, yeah, like you were saying, it reminds me a lot about your earlier story about the hurricane and like figuring out, okay, where are you, like being quick I'm on your like, feet and thinking like, where do we go from here? Yeah. Because you can't just curl up yeah. into a ball and cry because yeah, there was like, it was really interesting to look at the, the data, but like blog traffic, especially for mm -hmm. travel blogs, just like plummeted on a very specific day in March. Yep. And yeah, if mm -hmm. you're, if your main source yep. of revenue is tied to that, I mean, that is terrifying. Um, but you were able to turn things around, yeah. which is incredible. And you have a really strong readership. I think I saw in your Instagram bio that over on your website, you have 2 million monthly readers. Yeah. Yeah. I have a reach of over 2 million right now, which is crazy. crazy. I'm like, I like, can't believe it, but, um, but yeah, and it's really grown through the pandemic. So that's like, that's what was so exciting to me was like, okay, even if, even though people aren't reading about travel, they are still reading Jet Set Christina. Like they are reading. So now they're starting to plan future travel or current travel mm -hmm. right now. Um, so the travel is really coming back in a big way. But over the summer and stuff, it was like, it was the most random blog post that people would be like so excited about. I wrote a blog post about how to celebrate my fiance's birthday during yeah. lockdown. And that was like the best blog post. Like people just like loved it. It's like my, it was my highest performing blog post all year, I think. <laughs> so it's just like things like that. Like you're like, that's has nothing to do with travel, but it's still me and it's my voice and it's like what I am up to. And people, you know, they, they need ideas for how to celebrate things during totally. lockdown. Like, so it's just like thinking about like what's relevant to people right now. Yeah. Absolutely. I had a really similar experience yeah. that, yeah, I think my top read blog post for this year is how to celebrate your anniversary during lockdown. Yeah. Oh my God, how funny. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's so yeah. funny. I mean, it's just like, it. this is what we're all going through, you know? Like, nobody really wants to read yeah. my yeah. blog post about top 10 things to do in Cusco right now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, so you guys um, staying relevant. have, you had to reschedule your, your wedding. You're getting married in like one of my favorite yes. places on earth in Maui. So what, what's the plan now? Yes. Plan now. So actually the plan, you know, the plans change like crazy. Um, we were going to go to Bali in Jan early January. Right now, as of this morning, they completely shut down borders, even to business visas. Oh, wow. So we were going on a business visa. Um, and now it's like completely shut down to everyone. So that but they're saying only for the next two weeks, but I've heard that mm -hmm. before from every government ever. <laughs> I've heard that before from California. Yeah. Remember when everything <laughs> was going to be open by <laughs> Easter? <laughs> two weeks <laughs> so i'm trying not to get my hopes up but we're hopeful to go to bali this definitely this spring um but we were really hoping to get there just like january and february because like we still don't have a full-time home base here in the states it, it like it was open for business travelers to bali so we were being allowed to go but yeah, now it's kind of up in the air. We're hopeful mid-January to be heading there. If not, we're going to have to figure out somewhere else to live. But right now we're in California. And yeah, we we like we want to, you know, settle down sometime yeah. in California. <laughs> we just don't know when. It doesn't like make sense when we look at our travel schedule. We're like, okay, yeah, settle down. But what happens when you're gone three, three weeks right. out of every month? Like, you know, so when so. you guys are usually based in Bali, do you have a permanent spot to call home there or do you kind of bounce around? 
Yeah. So we usually split time. We will do Airbnb for like monthly rental um, in Bali, which is great uh, because we get to try different places. And we usually like to split our time between Ubud, which is for those who don't know, like a very Zen, jungly Bali. Uh, it's where I feel most productive. Like I'll just like get so much writing done in Ubud. It's like the most creative place ever. And it's so beautiful. And then we also like to spend about half the time in Changu, which is more like where all the expats live. It's where all our friends are. It's like the beach town. Um, so that's like, that's like, I would say a little less productive for me. Because <laughs> I'm like, oh, let's go to the beach. Like, let's go have fun, you know, but, um, but it's still like, there's lots of really cool co-working places and that kind of stuff in Changu. So yeah, we like to split our time between those so two. Cool. I still haven't made it to Bali, so I'm hoping yeah. to, and hopefully. Oh my God. I, can't I know. That. Hopefully you have. To <laughs> yeah. Hopefully I can hit you up and yeah. the borders will open up and we'll yes. all be able to go. Oh my God. Anytime. I love showing people around Bali. So fun. The best. Okay. I have a few just kind of like quick fire questions for you to round this out. So Go ahead. any Go ahead. tips you can share for jet lag and or tips for sleeping on a plane? Because those are things I struggle with. Yeah, sleeping on a plane is the key to jet lag, I feel. Um, it's funny to give tips for jet lag when I have been jet lagged for a week. But um, but I like it's like do as I say, not as I do. OK, people. <laughs> um, but I think it's like sleeping, making sure you're sleeping. I usually take Zequil or um, melatonin, just something to make sure you're getting sleep if it's a long flight obviously don't take anything to sleep if it's not a long enough flight but um but if it's an overnight flight like i you have to make sure you sleep and then um i just like my like number one tip is hit the ground running when you get to somewhere like even if you're tired like break a sweat walk run something like literally get active because it's going to tire you out for that first night of sleep in your new destination. And that's like makes all the difference versus if you're not that tired and then you don't sleep well. And then like, it's like, it's, it's hard, but I always find it better if I'm like, if I break a sweat on that first day. Um, and then besides that, it's like water, just like making sure you're super, super hydrated. I like liquid IV too. I feel like that helps me get stay really hydrated. Okay, I'm going to try all of these on my next long leg yeah. trip. I can't wait. <laughs> Where are you off to next? Do you have well, any I'm plans? starting to look at like fall 2021 because during the pandemic, my husband cool. and I have really just like, we bought our first home um, in Napa. So we've been really yeah. hunkered down. And then any trips that we have taken have been road trips in California. So I'm looking totally. at fall totally. or later in the year. And I'm thinking like maybe Greece, like, maybe Bora Bora. I loved fun. your Bora Bora photos. Yes. Oh my gosh, it looked like such oh a dream. God. So those are a couple ideas that, that I had bounced in my head for later this year. Yeah, fun, fun. Always so fun to plan. I have guides to both of those. Oh, I blog, know. But <laughs> I can give you DM you up. I will so. definitely <laughs> go over your guides again. Um, okay. Favorite productivity hack. Um, I drink a lot of coffee. <laughs> <laughs> um, Colombian coffee in particular is <laughs> like, if, you know, I don't know, that's like when I'm most productive, um, making sure you're just like setting yourself up for a productive day, like making sure you don't have any distractions. Um, like I, some of my most productive days are when I like tell myself I'm not checking my email until I finish this blog post. Like, cause I'm easily distracted by like, oh, this person needs something from me. Oh God, I got to do that right now. And if I have something that I need to get done, like I got to get it done first and then I'll check my email and then I'll like get this thing to this person or, you know, so I think like making sure you're just setting yourself up for productivity and not distraction. Yes, I love the email tip. I recently started not checking my email until after lunch and it's been such a game yeah, changer. Oh my God. Yeah, it really you is. Check your it email really in the morning is. and respond, then it just breeds new emails that you have to respond to. It's like a vicious yeah, cycle. No, totally. Totally. And they stress me out. Like people They're stress stressful. me out. I'm like, can I go up? Like, let me get back in my yeah. creative Zen mode. Let me not look at your stressful email. 
<laughs> okay, so you you've grown your blog to this incredible reach and readership. What would you attribute to that growth? Like SEO, Pinterest, like if there's one thing for a blogger yeah. to focus oh on, God. what would you what what has worked really well uh, for you? SEO and Pinterest. SEO <laughs> and Pinterest. Um Pinterest has been a hit for me from the beginning. Like uh, Pinterest is so key and I like I can't say that enough. I think like you need to be pinning every day. You need to be pinning so many different pins for every post. Like it's so important. And then SEO. Yeah. Like there's just like little things with SEO that matter so much. Like, so if you can just like pay an SEO consultant, like, you know, I like a couple hundred bucks to just look at your blog, like help you out. Like, I think that can make all the difference. Definitely. Okay, last one for you. Any book recommendations for the new year? Yeah, um, I'm currently reading, um, what's it called? Oh, City of Girls. That? I'm liking it. I'm liking it a lot. I really like her writing. It's the author yes. of Eat, Pray, Love. So I really like her writing. Um, I'm into that. And then um, my favorite book of all time is Shoe oh, Dog by Phil Knight. He's the founder of Nike. It's uh like for every entrepreneur should read it. Like there, it's my favorite. Okay, book definitely time. adding that to my reading list for the new year. <laughs> also, um, if have you read Big Magic? It's also by Elizabeth Gilbert. Oh, oh no, I you haven't. Would love it. Writing yeah, it down right it's, now. It's so good. Okay. And you guys, I will Yay. link to all these books that we just um talked about in the show notes. Yeah. Oh my God. I yeah. love it. Well, Christina, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I had so much fun chatting with you today. Um, please let everybody know where they can find you, where they can find watercolor swim. Yeah. So you can find me on Instagram at jet set, Christina, C H R I S T I N A. Um, and on my website, jetsetchristina.com. and watercolors is watercolorsswim.com. So two S's um, or kennyflowers.com. Amazing. Thank you so much, Christina. Thank you so much for taking the time today. This was yep. so much fun. Yeah. Thank you for having me. It was so much fun. I just feel like we just caught up over my Columbia <laughs> coffee. Know. So fun to just like catch up and hear more about the behind the scenes of both of your businesses. It's amazing. Next time we do this, we should, we should do another one in like a year or something. And next time we'll do it in person with Absolutely. margaritas. That sounds so fun. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Christina. Thank Bye. you. Bye. Loved chatting with Christina. I especially appreciated just hearing her story and that theme pop up continually of resilience and perseverance. I think it's especially relevant after the year that we just survived and as we head into hopefully a better 2021. As always, you can find the show notes and transcription and links from this episode over on the blog. The specific URL for this one is whatthefab.com slash jetset. I've got links to the books that we talked about, links so you can easily connect with Christina, um, those photos we talked about from Zara ripping off her design. It's all there. And other than that, we will see you next time on the What the Fab podcast. Thanks so much for joining. Mm -hmm.